Christ. Fuck, turn off the metronome. One sec. Oh, oh God, that is very loud. It's it's incredibly <coughs> loud. We don't want that on there at Hi, all. Hi, Billy Mays here to sell you deafening sounds. Woo. Hi. We're back. We're back. Welcome back to the Green Hour with Kurt Fran... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Fran. <laughs> Kurt Manfred and Stu Loretti. Last week, we talked about... I think gorillas and why they belong in the Harry Potter universe. Yes. And why <laughs> dolphins can't drive. Dolphins should never drive. Yep. Swim in the ocean with their submarines. Do what you want, but do not step foot in a car. Do not step flipper in a car. I don't think they can step at all. Well, they can dance. They can They can shimmy. <laughs> they can sidestep. Do not shimmy into a vehicle. <laughs> don't shimmy into a land-based vehicle. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Kurt Manfred. I'm Stu Loretti. And welcome back to the Kurt Manfred and Stu Loretti Green Hour podcast. Wow, it's been a week. It has been an adventure. One might say six months. Six months. Actually, it's been much longer. No, I think it's probably been seven. Seven or eight, yeah. Yeah, since we last saw Kurt and Stu, they were uh, escaping the police. Kidnapping two children? Were they their own children? I, I don't well, know. Well, the children were named after them, so it was a very confusing case to read. Yeah. When Kurt Manfred kidnapped Kurt Manfred. I think basically what happened is they ran away. As you know, Justin and Josh were pretty much taking over the podcast. Uh, we've squatted on it for a decent amount of time, and I think by squatters' rules, we now own the podcast. And that's what we told the judge uh, at the hearing. Once uh, it had been revealed that Kurt and Stu had unfortunately uh, passed away. By their own hands. Yes. I mean, it was two other people that did it, but it was themselves. That We, we had nothing to do with it. No. No. Despite the fact that we, we run this pod as Kurt and Stu, we need to assure our listeners that we actually had nothing to do with the death of Kurt Manfred and Stu Loretti. No. No. I mean, we... We're not characters. We are Kurt and Stu. In the and sense that we became them after a certain period of time. Yeah. But I think you can say that about anyone, really. Well, like, you know when Jim Carrey puts on the mask, he becomes the mask. He's no longer Jim Carrey. Yeah. So essentially, we put on the masks of Kurt and Stu, not their literal faces, although the police can't find them. So we <laughs> literally have become Kurt and Stu. And yeah. this is the Green Hour. Welcome back. Ladies and gents, Dandy Treo, if you're out there, we're waiting on you. And we'll get to that later on in the hour. Uh, we got a lot of great topics uh, curated for you today. Um, and one of those topics is the word curated. Curate. What can the word curate be applied to? Uh, mostly museums. You can be a curator of sorts. Right. Uh, Marie Curie, almost. You know, she dabbled in radiation. Unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't end well. I don't know who that is. How do you not know Marie Curie? Never heard of her. She like basically discovered radiation. I'm just one not. of the most like famous female scientists of all time. Speaking of, yesterday was International Women's Day. Yes, it was. So you should learn about Marie Curie because she basically ran science. And I was gonna say to celebrate International Women's Day, why not listen to an hour of two white men talking about nothing? <laughs> <laughs> nothing makes more sense than that, Kurt. I 
speaking at the top of the podcast, I introduced myself as Steve. <laughs> you did. You did. I, I, we put Again, we put on the mask. You don't know who's who anymore. But I think to get pretty philosophical with it, like, you know, people say it takes a long time in life to become who you really are. So I think even when you were born, you were not who you are. No, it's almost like, you know, when they say you either die young to be a hero or live long enough be to become the villain or something. I'm interested to see how this applies to what we're talking about. Well, just imagine it this way. So you, you know, like, you start as a, a child. You're pure. You've done, you know, nothing to define who you are. But, you know, later on in your life, things can change. Whatever happens, happens. You're no longer the person you were 20 years ago. You know, take, yeah. take I don't know, Hitler. When he was a baby, he was just a baby. 30, 40 years later, yeah, we know who he is. But, you know, think about it. If he, was, if he died when he was five, he, he would never would have lived long enough to become the villain. He That's wouldn't true. have become the Hitler that we know. Whereas these days, you know, we're a curtain stew right now. 20 years from now, who knows who we can be? We could wear some other person's mask and become true. the new Jim Carrey for all I know. So I guess what you're saying is you either, you know, live long enough to see yourself become yourself or you live long enough to see yourself become yourself and then someone else completely different. Yeah, essentially. And probably someone you don't want to be. Yeah. And then you end up being like a you know, middle-aged man, looking back on your life, regretting everything you've done because you're like, oh, this isn't the life I wanted, it, I wanted to have and this isn't the way I thought it would turn out to be. You know, you've got a dead-end job. You don't pay child support. You're miserable. Meanwhile, you look on TV. You're like, oh, I could have been Bill Nye on Dancing with the Stars if only I pursued science. Is he on, is he on Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, he was. It's interesting that a pursuit of science got him on a show no. called Dancing with the Stars. Well, he was on PBS for so long. He's basically a, a national treasure. That's true. He's a star. You don't have to be, I don't know, just a no-name scientist. You can be Marie Curie. She's a star. We also said Bill Cosby was a national treasure. Bill Cosby is not a national treasure. We retract anything we have ever said about that. The only thing he shares with national treasures and treasures are normally buried underground is he should be six feet underground. Well, he will be. He will be. Soon. He will be. He's soon. a very old man. Yeah. Ah. So yes. why don't we? Why don't we just move ahead to our first topic? Yes. Um, we want to talk about the fact that we are two young, uh, busy men with busy schedules and a healthy appetite for you guessed it, food. Ah, punny. <laughs> um, we want to talk about how little can you cook for yourself before it can become a problem or how simply can you cook your meals before it becomes something that maybe should be addressed by your parents or another authoritative figure who step in and say you can't live like this anymore now i i, I like this topic because it is extremely personal <laughs> to us uh we both work in television and film and you know that kind of industry the podcast world podcast this is actually world. our main source of income it's true so please Holy shit, Danny listen. Trejo. We need you. <laughs> so, like, we work in film and TV, and a lot of it is extremely long hours. Um, you, you, you know, you go to work. It takes an hour to get to work because of the traffic. You work for 12-plus hours. You come home at the end of the day. You have about an hour and a half before you want to, you know, go to sleep. There's no time to do anything. You can't cook. You can't go out. You can't do anything. Well, there's an hour and a half. Yeah, sure. But what can you do in an hour and a half? You're going to cook a meal, it's going to take an hour, you're going to eat it, and then you're going to go to bed and feel terrible. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I struggle with this every day. 
I mean, I pretty much have one meal at home because I, I eat you know, breakfast and lunch at work. And depending on the shifts, I could be working all overnight or just, you know, during the day in a normal-ish time. But there's no time to cook. There's no, you can't buy enough groceries because it's just going to go bad. So you kind of just like fall into a spiral where you eat garbage and crap all day. And it's a spiral I enjoy being in. And it's a spiral I've been in for 25 years. I mean, I love hot dogs. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a hot dog guy. How can you not be a hot dog guy? What is it? It's everything. That's it's, the problem. That's just it. I don't want everything. But everything tastes so good. No, it doesn't. Just give peace a chance. Just give it a shot. I'm not giving peace a chance. Try it I out. will go to Woodstock this summer, but I'm not giving peace a chance. I'm going to start fights. Yeah. I mean, those people are probably like 75 years old at this point. Yeah. So... I'm saying it right now. You heard it here first. I'm going to Woodstock this summer, and I'm going to start a small but effective uh, street fight. <laughs> I mean, sure, the police will be alerted. Actually, that brings me to a little sidebar conversation that we can just stick in the middle of this other conversation. Yeah. You know what I like about about if you get in a fight while playing a sport that's not hockey, that's just a fight. It's true. Like a basketball fight? Like yeah. Remember when Ron Artest... Meta World Peace now, ran into the stands and like literally started a brawl with fans. I don't, but oh my God, I'm going to watch that when I go home. Yeah. Like, it's a fight. It's a fight. Like, yeah, you're not on skates. You are just fisticuffs, hand-to-hand combat. Hockey is really, off the top of my head, the only team sport in which, or really any kind of sport, in which you are on part of your equipment changes the way you move and changes the way you fight when you're fighting on skates it's a hockey fight it's a dance it's part to dance it's artistic it's it's an expression of the human spirit and it's part of the game when you fight in like baseball that's just two men standing in a field <laughs> punching the shit out of each other and it, i love it it's also funny too because hockey is you know it's probably one of the most violent sports like it's founded on fighting and checking and hitting but then you look at like football where they literally just have 300-pound guys charging into each other. And I cannot remember the last time I – I mean, I don't watch football, but I can't remember the last time there was a fight in football. Well, they don't need to because every play, they beat the living shit out of each other. But, like, you think there's got to be some aggression, some anger. I mean, hockey, every play you're checking. Football, every play you're, you're tackling and destroying. Well, keep in mind, most of the NFL players take out their aggression at home, unfortunately. That is also a serious problem that I think we are unqualified to address. Yeah, that would definitely not. <laughs> and the last thing I'm going to say about the finding, and I'm just going to put this out, it's early 2019. I think there's time to see it in this upcoming um, spring, summer, fall season. I want to see a golf fight. I would love that. Rory McIlroy just like, oh, my God. Taking and, the uh, nine who's iron. The, who's the guy with the great pants? Um, the gray pants. The yeah. great pants. The oh. very colorful uh, older guy, Phil Mickelson. No, 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 it's um, yeah. He always wears orange pants. There's a guy who wears very. Bill Murray always dresses fancy at the celebrity golf tournaments, which I appreciate. Ricky Fowler, he always John Daly? wears orange. John, Daly. it might be John Daly. John Daly's like 93 years old. Well, no, he's uh, 52. <laughs> I mean, they all wear colorful pants, but I'd love to see two of these men get in a fight. It would just be like the most colorful brawl <laughs> on TV. And approaching the ninth hole, you've got Ricky Fowler. Plus they've got, like, it's not, a hockey stick is like somewhat heavy, but a golf club? You beat the shit out of someone with a golf club? That is, 
That's, that's some heavy stuff. That's murder. That's murder. <laughs> that's kill straight up murder. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, I mean, we don't want to dive into too many details about this, but we will say that, unfortunately, we want to pay our respects to Kurt and Stu, and, and it was hard to see after they'd, uh, after they'd beaten each other with, with the golf clubs. That we were, had nothing to do with. No. Yeah, we were not. I've there. never played golf. I can't golf. I'm terrible. You can't or you won't? No, like I do play golf. Uh, but I I mean, I'm not it's, terrible, but I just don't enjoy the game. Well, that's not to say... Let me make it clear. There's a difference between you can't golf and yeah. you're not very good at golf. Because to say you can't golf <laughs> would mean every time you go to a golf course... Something prevents you <laughs> no, yeah. from going on to it. That's, right. like, I cannot physically. golf. Yeah. It's like, I can't go to work today because my shoes don't work. Yeah. My car is out of gas. It's like, I, I can't golf today. Where's my nine iron? Oh, it's six inches deep in Rory McIlroy's neck. Yeah. <laughs> How thick is his neck? <laughs> I don't know. He's a big guy. He's not. He's tiny. He's, no, he's a small, small Irishman. One on one. Let's go. All right. Back to uh, the topic he's, at hand. He's Scottish. How. Oh, is he? Yes. Actually, it makes sense. McElroy. Makes, yeah, it makes sense. Um, how little can you cook for yourself before I think judgment should be passed on the person? I can go very bare bones. Very bare bones. I can eat the same thing five days in a row, like a dog, no problem. That Sandwich, for carrots, chips or something, using you know, some vegetables. Yeah, cooking, totally easy. Okay, well, Spaghetti. That's the thing is I, I'm the same, but I find I can only go a certain period of time eating my own cooking without a break from it. Because my cooking, I don't make something and eat it unless I can do the entire process in under an hour. And I really only need about 10 to 15 minutes of actual focus time mm-hmm. cooking. If I have to stand there by the stove and move shit not a, not a chance. See, I do that when I have time. I love cooking. Like, I, I really do. I love cooking. I like making food that's good and enjoyable. But it's when I Italian in you. I'm not Italian. Oh. But when I come home on like a Wednesday night, it's 9 o'clock. I want to go to bed in an hour. If I can't microwave something in 30 seconds, like, I'm out. I'm done. Well, I'm not boiling what... water. I'm not putting a thing in the oven. Like, I can't do that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I have no time for this this person who comes home and tries to make himself a meal. That person's me. I have no I time for that guy. Because, like, you realize, okay, I'm coming home. I want to relax. I got to do laundry. I got to do this. The last thing you want to do is spend 35 minutes plus in front of your stove, you know, stir frying and flipping and doing and then you scarf it down in 10 seconds because you're like just i'm done like i just want to eat and go to bed yeah it's miserable and that's why we want to plug uber eats uber eats order your food with a very expensive surcharge and delivery fee and uh this new sort of i wouldn't say it's a new obligation but a new option to tip which then leads to a moral obligation and a higher charge, and a lower desire to use the app. And here's the issue I have. They ask you to tip before your food has even been created. Are you out of your mind, Uber? I'm going to tip a driver that hasn't even picked up the food that hasn't been made yet? I will tell you this. I ordered Uber Eats once, okay? I ordered ramen from a place about 10 minutes away from my house. So I'm looking at the app. Your food will be there, you know, in 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever. He picks up the food. I get a buzz. Your driver is dropping off someone else's food first. Bullshit. Are you out of your mind? I'm going to tip a guy that's not even bringing my food to me directly? It's going to be ice cold. I'm not giving him money for that. God, no. That's ridiculous. 
I want one driver per delivery. Well, I mean, the whole concept of tipping before you receive the service is absolutely insane because now whatever your tip was, their service has to live up to whatever the tip was. So let's say you yeah. walk in a restaurant and tip 5%. As you walk in the door. As you walk <laughs> like, in the door. Like, that? Here, you, you just toss a few nickels yeah. at, at any random waiter that yeah, you Yeah, I want the by. table by the bathroom. How do you think your food's <laughs> going to wind up? There's, there's going to be every sort of bodily fluid ejected into your food and mixed in there in the, the sauce of whatever you've ordered. And that is, that is what you're dealing with. Alternatively, you walk into a place, you just toss honeys. Just, yeah, just laying it down. Honeys at all the waiters. Well, guess what? They're pretty much, their night's over. Any other table, they're done. I just like, could you imagine that scenario where you walk into a restaurant? Hi, sir. Welcome to Mario's. That'll be 10%. Like East Side? It's a, yeah. It's like a cover charge. Yeah. You're like paying for service that you haven't received yet. I'm not paying to get into East Side Mario's. <laughs> yeah. I'm paying when I leave East Side Mario's. Like, if I'm feeling generous. Otherwise, I'm, it's a, it's a. Like the whole called? point of tipping is, I mean, it's different in a country like Canada where we, our servers get paid at, Decent fair wage, I hope. My brother makes more money than I do. Right. And he works at Kelsey's. Right. Which is... I say that with as much disdain as possible. And it makes makes sense. You know, you tip based on the service you get. Yeah, okay, you're making a decent living, but, you know, you did did a nice job. You brought me water without asking. You know, you did everything great. Here's an extra 20%. I'm not walking in there and giving the busboy 20% when he comes in sweating on my food, slobbering all over the place. He forgets orders. Slobbering all over the place? Yeah, you know, you get like a guy, he's like, you know, he's flustered. They come in, you know, oh, did you order the steak? No, I had the chicken. Oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Here's your salad. No, I didn't order salad. And then he's got to go back to the chef and it takes like 40 minutes to get your real food out. Could you imagine if you paid 15 to 20% for that before you even sat down? Well, exactly. If you're going to pay a decent tip, they're going to have to just absolutely, you know, really commit their life to your server. Like, they're basically yeah. going to have to, you know, you are become a man of the cloth yeah. and sort of, and you are the god. <laughs> Bow down to them. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, now with my Uber Eats, I mean, now it's got me thinking, what if I paid him a 20% tip before? Would my food have been delivered to me directly without stopping the other person along the way? He, They may have hired an ex-MLB pitcher yeah. who just grabs the food from the <laughs> restaurant and just bombs it, just absolutely pitches it down the road through yeah. avenues and streets and and <laughs> and pathways and and around street corners right into your waiting hands like a commercial. Yeah. And I think the other issue is before like these apps came out, you know, you'd order pizza. The guy isn't just delivering your pizza. They're delivering like five or six. Yeah. But you don't know that necessarily. Like you know, you're not thinking about it. No. But when Uber physically texts you saying we're dropping off someone else's first. It's a big fuck you right to the problem. face. It's a slap in the face. I don't need to know that. If I never knew that, okay, maybe I would have been fine. That's like your girlfriend being like, we're cheating on you right now. Yeah, as I'm like heading over to see you. After you tipped her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a- a- terrible that's, food. <laughs> that's when your girlfriend's like, I'm going out for the night with the ladies. And you're like, here, here's 20 bucks. Yeah. Spend it in a <laughs> place. And then she's like, I'm, gonna che- I'm cheating on you as we speak. <laughs> Excuse me? I just gave you $20. I know. Well, you should have tipped 40 <laughs> Thanks, Uber. All right. Well, also, I have another qualm with Uber. Sorry. I'm just like really <laughs> mad at you guys right now. Um, so a couple months ago, I took an Uber. Um, 
But the driver was going to be, like, we were heading downtown to go to a hockey game, and we were on the clock because the subway shut down. We had to be kicked off, take a streetcar. So we're like, okay, we've got to take an Uber. We're going to get down there. Uh, Uber was five minutes away, and then six minutes away. You know, we got to get down now. So I canceled the Uber. We hopped in the cab, and we went on our way. And so in the cab, I'm, like, going to Uber, and um, I'm trying to refund my charge because, mm-hmm. you know, it says you can do it if, like, the driver took too long or whatever. Yeah. So I refund the charge, and... Instead of getting a refund, Uber credits you the money back. Just so, use on Uber? Yeah. So here's the problem. You call an Uber, you cancel it, you've still paid for that. Yes. Whatever the $5 cancellation fee that gets refunded back to you, you still paid. Yes. So no matter what, you're getting screwed. So if you wanted to use Uber, if you're the kind of person who's so impatient like me, who... I give things one chance. You know how they say, yeah. every people, people say, you should try everything once. Yeah. I took that very literally. <laughs> try everything just once That's and it. then don't ever do it again. I love ketchup chips. I will never eat them again. <laughs> so <laughs> I try Uber once. The driver's late showing up. They refund me, but they, they put the credit. Well, I gave you one shot. I don't yeah. need a credit. I need my money fully yeah, back exactly. into my account so I can buy uh, ketchup chips to try them once. You will never get that money back unless no. you spend it on Uber. It keeps you in a cycle. It does. Because now you're like, oh, well, next time I, I'm going to use my Uber because it's, you know, I got a $5 credit. Yep. The ride's going to be $7. Yep. So now you're paying an extra $2. Yep. Also, why are Uber Eats and Uber not one app? Why can't you just yeah, log right? into the app or whatever and it's just like, do you want to drive or do you want food? Yeah. Don't make me download two apps. I have a very old phone with minimal storage space and most of it's taken up with like all American reject songs. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need this shit. I also hate how on Uber Eats it tells you that, oh, the Big Mac from McDonald's cost $25. When, like, you full well know that at a real store it's, it's like, like 19 cents. Yeah. Nothing. It's just like straight delivery fee, straight surcharge. Yeah. Sur- uh, what's it called? Surge pricing. The whole point of Uber is it's convenient and cheap. Now, when I'm going out on a Saturday night, you're going to charge me three times as much? Are you out of your freaking mind? I pay you for a cheap ride. Any other night of the week, that would be $5. Now, all of a sudden, because it's Saturday and it's slightly busy, you're going to charge me 15 for the same ride? Eat my innards. You, I got to hate Uber so much right now. I still take them all the time. It's so convenient. <laughs> I just hate it's them. a great app. And honestly, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that I would ever go to another app. I was out with friends last night, and one of my friends, she went home in a lift. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. I called me Uber. She called her Lyft at the same time. Guess who showed up first? Uber. Yep. I hear Lyft is cheaper though. Probably. She I mean, said she got a two dollar discount. Oh. So, and she's very, she's thrifty. Yeah. I'm, I'm moving my hands like I'm holding small amounts of money. She's dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, let's move on to our next topic. What is our next topic? Our next topic is uh, it's a bit of a query mm-hmm. that uh, we pose to each other. Why you should get a divorce before you get married? It's an interesting topic. It's chicken and egg kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the egg came first. Yeah. It's basically saying don't get into a relationship. Before you've had a divorce. Before you've had a relationship. Yes. Because you need to get into a relationship full well knowing that it's going to last. And you need to – but first, you need to have been in a relationship full well knowing it's going to end. Exactly. And I don't really think you can appreciate the true gravity, gravita. What gravitas. is Sandra Bullock? Gravitas. Gravitas. I think the input on the mic is so low, it probably wouldn't have picked that up. <laughs> well, we can cut that part. <laughs> what were we saying? Well, I was, I was just... Here's the thing. I think 
I think it's it's intelligent to go and get yourself a nice old 21st century divorce before you really settle down. However, I would go even one step further and say, you need to get a divorce with the person that you're going to marry. What if you, okay, this is a funny scenario. So you know you go to Vegas and you know they have like the Vegas weddings. Mm-hmm. What if they had like a Vegas divorce? A Vegas divorce, but it's like a whole grand event. Like you got like Elvis Shona as like a lawyer. Oh baby, he doesn't love you anymore. Like whatever, and it's just like an entire show for like a divorce instead I'd love of like that. sitting in court. I love that. That would be fun. Vegas has got to get on that. Well, I think, and the reason I say this, and the reason I brought it up is, I think a divorce. A divorce, in many ways, is as bad as a marriage gets because it's the end. <laughs> Death is as bad as life gets because it is the end of life. So basically, a marriage is the same as death. Yes. To a family. Uh, yes. A marriage is the same as death God. to life. So I think you want to divorce the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with to really know what is this person like when it gets really bad. Or look at it this way. So you divorce the person that you love the most in the entire world, right? Mm-hmm. Just to see if they love you as much. If yes. they if they handle the divorce fine and move on, they don't love you as much. If they come back to you, and, you know, they beg and plead and like take me back, I need you, I want you. Then you know it's a happy marriage. Yeah. And I think you go right back to Elvis in Vegas and say, "Hit me up with another one, baby. Let's go." Yeah, and it's just a cycle. Yeah. It's kind of like people only go to Alcoholics Anonymous so that they can kick alcohol in the hopes that when they go back to it, it'll taste so much better. It's true. It's like having a hot dog after a long summer day, being out in the sun, you're at a barbecue, you're licking your lips for that sweet, sweaty barbecue dog. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Nothing's better than life, folks. What are you licking off your lips? That's from the hot dog. You're just salivating. Oh, that's disgusting. Pure salivation. You know when a dog sees a bone and you have them sit, you're like, sit. And they're just sitting there like, I want that bone. I want that. It's going to be in my mouth in four seconds. Just just say go. Just give me the word. That's like me at a barbecue. But instead of a dog, I'm a human looking at hot dogs, barbecuing, simmering. When you hear the sizzle, that's... Are there other people around when this is happening? Yeah, there's a guy flipping dogs. <laughs> I don't flip dogs. Who's I don't, the guy? I can't barbecue. Who's the guy? Uh, you know, like a dad. Okay, is yeah. it your dad or are you just no, going no, around different barbecues? Going to like public barbecues, just like look, licking your lips, salivating around families, and looking at hot dogs. I want to believe. Hey, Larry, can I have one? I have a very clear picture of you doing this. You showing up at random barbecues alone, <laughs> standing <laughs> on the edge of someone's property, licking your lips. And for some reason, your hands are by your sides, but they're not your pocket. They're just sort of straight yeah. by your side. Holding like a sack of buns. You're just <laughs> <laughs> anticipating the next Hester to go to is having a barbecue. A sack of buns in one hand and an enormous bottle of Diet Coke in the other hand. Don't you hate how hot dogs come in a separate number from the amount of buns that you buy? Yes. Like you get like 10 hot dog buns to and 8 b- hot dogs. But like dogs. 7, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say an What's odd number. What's the deal, Schneiders? It's Come kind on, of bullshit. Wonder Bread? No, is it, it's usually more buns than yeah. hot dogs. So they expect you to like put a hot dog in every bun and then just sort of scarf down some random bread or like at the end you just have like two buns for one hot dog yeah that's too many carbs man i can't do that yeah. i'm on a no carb diet it should be two hot dogs per bun yeah yeah now that's thinking Flip well but it's only two hot dogs for like two buns because then you've had the amount right no that doesn't make sense no i think if you have 10 buns and billy has eight hot dogs how many hot dogs are left after sunday two o'clock 
day of the Super Bowl when Justin showed when up. When I show up at the barbecue. This is going to be I, I can't do math. This is mysterious. This is like you remember the game Math Circus? I love Math Circus. Oh my god. Okay, do you remember the one? It was impossible where all the clowns they have their sticks and they're like standing up and sitting down. Yes, yes. And you have to get them all to stand. Yes. I could not figure that out. No, I couldn't figure it's it out. So anymore. hard. I was a very stupid child. Yeah, you guys probably know this one. It's like a classic thing where you, you I mean it's a in the context of this game, you click on a clown and he's got two sticks. So he sits down, but he pushes the two clowns next to him to stand up. And you have to figure out the right pattern to get everyone in the same position. Impossible. As like a child in grade four, I'm doing the one with the water where you have to fill up all the cups to the same height. Oh, I don't even do remember that. that. I do you remember that. I remember the basketball ones. Which was you have to get the arc. One? You have to angle oh, the arc yeah. to shoot it and because he would move different distances from the net. Right. Which is basically just basketball. Isn't it crazy how we were learning while having fun? Well, that's that's been my whole 20s. Like, could you imagine if school was like that? Where it's like, okay, guys, we're going to do math. But instead, here's a posse of clowns. They're not <laughs> insane. And we're just going to have you try and get them to stand up and sit down with sticks. And you're going to learn fractions while doing it without even knowing. That is school. That would be incredible. That would, my kid's going to circus school. I remember just thinking of this now. I think I was in grade six, and I know that anyone I talk about on this podcast aren't going to listen to it because I haven't spoken to these people in years, and it's just a really funny old reference. But I think in grade six, and we had a sub substitute teacher come in for the day. Did was, you make fun of their name? No, no, no. We always did that with substitutes. What? We had this one they teacher. Really had funny names. My us. teacher in grade two broke her leg, so we had this substitute coming in named Miss Mark Antonio, and we used to go <laughs> Miss Mark Antonio, Antonio, every day for like two months, and we like made her cry eventually. It was really sad. Well, all the substitutes cry. Yeah. But this one comes in. She's supposed to be teaching us math, and she, she, she's going through fractions, and she writes in huge writing on the board like six over eight. Right. So then. One of the kids, I think it was her name was like Alex or something. She's like, can you make the fraction smaller? What does like that mean to three you? Three quarters. Yes. So the teacher erases it and writes it in very small. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck do you think brilliant. we're talking about? That is brilliant. If that was a joke, that was like alt comedy. Yeah. Just like very sarcastic taken. That's its... like a very funny sketch that I feel like uh, would be on one of those shows I don't watch. Like, Keen uh, Peel probably would have done it. Like with the substitute teacher. Yeah, sketch. that'd be really funny. They could have done a new twist on that. <laughs> Make it smaller. <laughs> what, you need bigger glasses? <laughs> Miss, what are you talking about? Hi. All right, we should do, uh, we should, we, we have... Just so many great topics because we've been away for quite some time, wrapped up in a, a murder case, an enigma um, of a case. Yeah, that so never happened. No, I mean it did happen. They're dead. Who's dead? Curtin Stew. No, I'm Curtin Stew. True. Well, I'm nope. Kurt. You're Stew. Yes. And this is the Green Hour Podcast with Kurt Manfred and Stew Loretti. Hi guys, welcome back to another rip roaring episode. We did not take a commercial break. We did not take a break. We don't have ads. We're gonna put in ads. Yeah. For Uber Eats, the more you eat, the more you pay. So we should move on to the next section. Yeah. The next topic, the next part. It's not even a topic. It's something that Kurt here uh, suggested we do this time, and quite frankly, I didn't. I didn't question it. I didn't look into it, and so I have no idea what it is. And I hope he has something good planned. It's game show time with Kurt and Stu. <laughs> I got nothing. Oh shit. <laughs> I was so busy. I just wrote in a topic, but I didn't think about it. I didn't it. look into it. I can tell you, you a story it. if we wanted to. Yeah. How about this? You know what? I'll tell a story with a sort of kind of a can we make it a game i want you to tell me a story but give me two branching paths yes let's do um, one of them choose is your own adventure yeah 
Okay. I love doing that. Okay. okay. Now, does it have to be two different paths, or does it have to be no uh, sort it, of a guess? Give me, give me like what? a either a guess or what do you do in this scenario? Okay. Okay. I want to do the same story. after. Perfect story. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I went. But, but home. here's the thing. Okay. You have to roll with whatever the other person says. Ooh. So it could drastically change. Even if it's, you a, even it was if it's going. a real story even if that it's actually happened, I have to adapt. Because I will never know. I won't. That's know. true. You don't know the story, but yeah. I almost told it to you before we record the podcast, and I held back. Okay. Because I so wanted now to. I'm use interested. It. Okay. So this is a true story up until a certain point, at which point it will no longer become a true story, which is but <laughs> very exciting. But I need to. I need for anyone listening to know, this story is only going to be true for a certain part of part of it, probably just the beginning. <laughs> so I went home last weekend back to Ottawa for a birthday party and I met up with a friend and we went to a restaurant for lunch and then we decided to get some coffees and then after we got the coffees immediately after I got my coffee we decided let's go to a bar so I walked into this little pub with a full coffee did I order a beer well uh they would have kicked you out because you can't bring an outside food or drink into an establishment so I got kicked out of the bar as soon as I walked in. And what happens, but as soon as I get kicked to the bar, someone I recognize walks by me. And I know this person holds a lot of power and a lot of grace and a lot of authority. The so principal just, from your elementary school. No, no, uh, no, they're dead. Oh, I tragic. have no idea. I don't even remember what his name is. <laughs> So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to walk in behind this person, kind of sneak in, and maybe they won't notice. For some reason, it was busy. There was curling on TV. So mm. I walked Gross. behind this person, tall person, tall. And big I bird. Kinda, what's that? <laughs> what, it wasn't Big Bird. You would think. Because Big Bird's tall, but no. Yeah. So I walk in behind this person. I take a seat at the bar, down the coffee. No problems. I order a beer. We're good to go. So I look over, and this person I walked in behind is sitting about five, five chairs over. Um, but she's talking to the person she's with, so her head is turned away from me. Mm-hmm. So this lasts about an hour, and I'm trying to figure out who this person is. And she's from Ottawa, but she doesn't live in Ottawa. And she's a celebrity. It was just a very strange coincidence. Kristen Stewart. Is not from Ottawa. Okay. So. But you have to roll with it. That's true. <laughs> I see Kristen Stewart sitting at the bar. In the Stittsville. The Twilight person. No, well, in sure, in Stittsville. <laughs> it is now. It is now in Stittsville. No, I see Stilt- Kristen Stewart Stiltsville. sitting in a Stittsville. Stiltsville. Stiltsville bar <laughs> outside of Ottawa. And I don't know what to do with myself. She's you, a, you slide into her DMs. I... I slide into her DMs and say, hello, Kristen. We happen to be at the same bar at the same time. I don't know what to do, but I want to do something. Let's go bowling. I said, let's go bowling. Be aggressive with it. Just let's go bowling. No, no, do you want to? Let's go bowling. I said, let's go bowling. Together. Together. Without the friend that you came in with. Yes, with the friend. No, without. Without the friend yeah. you came in with. I want to ask you about your career. I want to ask you how you got into the Twilight movies. And I want to ask you, are you as miserable as you seem to be on the regular basis? Maybe she just got divorced. Did she? Before she was married. 
And that's why she's at a bar at was 11 a.m. in Stillsville. Was Okay, now it's 11 a.m. in the yeah, story. She, she married a werewolf. <laughs> Which means me and my friend went out for lunch at like 10 a.m. Didn't she marry, what's his name, pa- not Patrick Stewart, the other guy. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy Lee Curtis. The werewolf. She was just married to Jimmy, Jimmy the werewolf. Jimmy the werewolf is something you just Googled, and it came up with essentially nothing. Um, it's a song by Cherry Pickles. So I DM Kristen Stewart. ask her if she wants to go bowling so I can ask her about her career and her level of happiness. She replies instantly. I watch her do it because she's sitting directly down the bar. What did she reply with? K. K. <laughs> I take that as just enough of a yes to go over and say, I know a great bowling lane near here. It's called Walkley Bowling Lanes. It's cheap. It's disgusting. <laughs> It's so great hot dogs. And they sell great hot dogs. She says, I'm in. This bar is a dump. We leave Stiltsville. We go to the Walkley Bowling Lanes. Who wins the game? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart wins the game. She's an excellent bowler. Bowlist. Bowlist. <laughs> She's an excellent bowlist. And I ask her, Kristen, what was the worst part of being in the Twilight movies? And you know what she says? When she had to shave the werewolf. Yes, when she had to shave the werewolf. And folks, that's the end of that story. I asked Kristen Stewart what was the worst part of being in the Twilight movies, and she said it was when she had to shave the werewolf when we were at the Walkley Bowling Lanes at 11 a.m. The weird part was that it was CGI. Yeah. So I don't know what she shaved Nothing. on set, but it was weird. Yep. Okay, so here, so my turn. All right. I think I, actually at the end of the stories... We should say what the actual story was. Okay, so what's the actual story? Okay, so the actual story was I did go to a bar in Ottawa. I did go out with a friend, and Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek walks in. Oh, yeah. She's the daughter, right? She's the daughter. So she is from Ottawa. So she's sitting there for a while, and I'm just like, I've been trying to get a job on Schitt's Creek. She was a very strange coincidence. You don't approach an actor to get a job. No, no, God, no. No, no, but it was just a strange – because you can see any celebrity and be like, oh, I have yeah. no, there's no connection to this person. No, but you seem to be like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. Yeah, the only connection was, oh, I, you work on the thing yeah. that I was trying to get a job on. If I saw Dane Radcliffe, I'd be like, oh, that's Harry Potter. Yeah. But there's no, I'm not, I wasn't trying to get a job on It's Harry also Potter. funny being in the industry when, like, we see celebrities, it's like, oh, yeah, it's so-and-so. It's, it's the like, person that you could have worked the person, with. They, yeah. they could have been my coworker. Yeah. But it was such a strange thing. I was just like, oh. It was, I think the weirdest part of it was... Normally, a celebrity sighting, I feel like, happens just in a more, not in Ottawa, mm-hmm. and not in such a, like, tiny little pub. Yeah. I was just like, wait, here? This is where, this is where you are right now? Like, was she home visiting her parents? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was just such a strange event. But, uh, you know, in, in reflection, not as strange as seeing Kristen Stewart and taking her to walk with bowling lanes to ask her about her level of happiness. And she went. And she went. She was thrilled. And she just never seems to be happy. No. Always a scowl. Probably because she had to shave a CGI werewolf. Exactly. On All right. Set. Now you. All right. This isn't a real a story. story. I just, I'm just i just going to just play a game. Oh, I'm just cool. going to okay. see where the story goes. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. Okay. So you're walking down the street, and uh, you're having a good time. You know, you got a little spring in your step. You're bouncing to the tunes in your headphones, and a bus drives by, splashes you with a puddle. Ugh. What do you do? Ugh. And then I say... Frig you, bus. And I flip it a bird. Like a little bird. I take a bird, like a dove, like a magician, out of my jacket. So the bird flies out, flies away. That was your love 
your childhood pet. Okay. Your parents bought that for you, and they're deeply are, regret this now. You you <laughs> really do because they're already mad at you for failing your schoolwork, and you're you're going to be expelled from elementary school. Oh, I'm very young in this story. <laughs> Extremely young. Um, anyways, your pants are soaked, and now you're home. You're walking through the front door. Your mom just bought you these pants last night. They're soaked, covered in mud. Your childhood pet that your dad just bought you is gone. You just got expelled from school. You walk in the door, and there's your dad with a belt in hand. What What's going to happen? I tell him I was fighting llamas in the yard. What? Fighting <laughs> llamas in the yard. I was fighting llamas in the yard. Anyways, your dad doesn't believe you, so he sits you down. He says, son, we have to talk. Um, anyways, he, he starts to cry, and he ends up telling you that your, you know, your mom and dad are having some trouble... They're having a tough time, and you're going to go live with your aunt. The only caveat is you can't eat after midnight. Yes, it's human gremlins. Okay. But here's the problem. It's always after midnight, so you never eat. You start to starve yourself, always. You never eat. Your aunt is worried. Your parents are worried, but you live hard and fast by the rule. So it's Tuesday, 8 a.m. You're weak. You're tired, and a commercial comes on TV. For Jim's Weight Clinic, what do you do? I go to Jim's Weight Clinic with everything that I have, every fiber of my being. I just throw it behind my work regime. Now here's the problem. The only thing you have left is your wet pair of pants from the week before. <laughs> only a week has passed so far in this story? Okay. Yeah. I, I wear them to the gym. <laughs> you wear them to the clinic. I, I hope that if I move my legs fast enough, they'll dry. Okay. So on your way to the clinic, you pass by a uh, pet sanctuary, and inside you see your pet bird trapped in a cage, saying, uh, for free to, a, to the home of a good owner. The bird saying this. No, no, no. There's a sign. <laughs> okay. There's a sign on the side of the window. Okay. So you go into the store, and you inquire about the bird, and you ask how much for the bird, and they say it's free. You say, can I have it? They say, sir, we don't give away birds to people wearing wet pants and nothing else and who are extremely malnourished. This so story has been going on for over a week, but I'm still wearing pants that are wet, and it's the same pair of wet pants. <laughs> yeah, so what do you do? What, what, how do you respond? I rip my pants off, and I say, give me the bird now. So you rip off your pants. You are now wearing nothing, thereby violating their policy of no shirt, no shoes, no pants, no service. Okay. So they kick you out on the street. On your way out, you trip, and you fall flat into the street, face first. And at the same time, the bus that soaked your pants from a week before drives, runs you over, kills you. You're dead. You chose wrong. Damn, that was not as fun of an ending as my story had. No. So you, what was the real story? You chose the wrong answer. Oh, okay. Oh, there was no real story, was there? You, yeah, you made that one up on the spot. Yeah. That was more creative than what I did. Yeah. But I liked how mine immediately, <laughs> immediately, I was just trying to get myself in the bar and yeah. the story because usually once you're in a bar, there's a story to be had. I knew. But I you knew just you rejected. Because <laughs> that, that's what makes you think. You got to work around that. Yeah. You got to have a plan because you're, you're telling the story full well expecting to enter the bar and see a person, whatever. You have to be prepared for none of that to happen. Yeah. Absolutely none of it. And that's why making up a story, too, it's just like, oh, I got to think of my toes. Like, uh, you're walking down the street, and there's a turtle on its back. And you pick up the turtle, and it spits in you, on your face. What do you do? Three, Cast two, one. Like, you answered, no, it took too long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this leads us into our conclusion. We've been talking for quite a while. Uh, throughout the show, we've had some laughs, some tears, some odd, confusing bits along the way. 
And I think what is most important to us is um, really having a continuation. But unfortunately, we can't do this without your support. And Danny Trejo, I hope we you're listening. We specifically mean your support. Very specifically. We don't care about anyone else. We need your support. Um, you are a, a... You're like Marie Curie in the eyes of... You're a Mexican-American legend. Yeah. You you had your, your troubles. You've been in and out of prison. You've been addicted to drugs. You sold drugs. But you came out of there a changed man. You taught kids that there's more to life than crime. You became uh, an actor and... The bartender and anchorman. Yep. And in your roles, you always choose to be the villain. And you show that the villain never succeeds. They never get what they want. They always get what they deserve. And because of that, you've inspired a generation of people to do what they want, to be the best person they can be. And we need your money because we want to be the best podcast that can be. We want to beat Joe Rogan and Mark Marin and all the Dak Shepherds, Dak Shepherds out there, all combined. We want to we want to be them combined, but more white. And Dak Shepherd has a podcast. Yeah, it's called Armchair Expert. Oh, don't listen to it. Don't watch it. I've I've listened to it a few times. Have you ever watched a podcast? Yep. Me neither. <laughs> Danny, the point is, we need you. We want you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kurt and Stu Green Hour episode with Kurt Manfred Stu Loretti. And uh, save the environment, be clean, don't drink water bottles. Because that's what it's all about here on the Green Hour. The it environment, is. doing the right thing. And I think in the spirit of doing the right thing, we should probably we should probably do the right thing. Join Kurt and Stu in holy matrimony? Well, they're dead. Yeah. Also, they were too gay. <laughs> they weren't. They, they were, weren't. They were just best friends. Yeah. People, people asked. But yeah. um, we knew, and we knew them well. And, and I think that's why it's finally time to admit that... Uh... This is the final episode of the Green Hour episode. Called. Kurt and I are going on the lamb, or going on the run, because at the end of the day, this is a podcast about doing the right thing, and the right thing would be to admit to our faults, admit to our mistakes, and say... Thank you. And we killed Kurt Manfred and Stu the Ready. And wore their masks. We I'm squatted on their Carey. podcast so long that we didn't want to give it up. And when they came back for it, we murdered them with golf clubs and then framed it as a suicide, which is very, very hard to do. And that, folks, is alt comedy. Brought to you by Uber. The more you pay, the less you get. <laughs> <laughs> the more you pay, the more you go. <laughs> Should we just end this on different attempts at Uber commercials? Yeah. Uber, when you want to pay them all, they'll charge you. <laughs> Uber, you going somewhere? They might help. Uber, but when you don't want to pay more, they still charge you. <laughs> Uber, got money? We'll take it. Uber, you're better off taking a lift. <laughs> lift, you're better off taking an Uber. Yeah. Cabs, we don't want you either. Uber Eats will deliver your food last. <laughs> ha <laughs> ha!